0: So you just give me a take. It. Well, this morning we're looking at a fantastic core value here at BBC, the core value of prayer. And I want to just spend some time beforehand. This is a pre-sermon sermon. Just to spend some time beforehand. I really felt the Lord this morning stopping me. Um, I had a sermon prepared, but I felt the Lord stopping me and just really giving me a couple of verses to sit on before I preached, you know, to really just sit and meditate on. And this morning, before um, anything else, I came in and, and the, the worship team and I prayed, particularly about these two verses. And they are these verses here Cast all your anxieties on the Lord because he cares for you. 1 Peter 5 7. And the second one, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and do not let the devil get a foothold. Ephesians four, twenty-six and 27. You know, I've been thinking this week about the refugee situation that uh, last week we were very fortunate to have Scott Higgins come. Now I've been on a bit of a journey with the refugees um, probably most of my time at Newtown in one way or another. I had, had somebody... It was an asylum seeker or a refugee, someone who, as I heard their life story, my, my heart was broken to hear what they were going through and their sort of longing to get some sort of stability and change in their life. It was It's one of those things that, um, to have walked that for many years with people, it's a heartbreak to know that there's people living like that. And so for me, a huge part of um, being alongside them was being able to pray for them and with them and, Lord, please do something to change this situation. Now, a couple of years ago at Newtown Mission, we decided to go down to Hyde Park and there was a massive protest march, a massive you know, desire for thousands and thousands of people to actually go and voice their concern over the policies that Tony Abbott was making, and as Christians who pretty much had walked that path for many years, we thought you know it might be good to go along, you know, show our support in that way. And as we were sort of marching through the streets of Sydney, I was very, um, very surprised at the chant that was going up. There's a, there was two words that were being chanted out by this sort of really angry. Bunch of people, a great anger was rising up, and it was basically "beep Abbott, beep Abbott, beep Abbott." It was just this anger that was being voiced, and I remember just feeling very uncomfortable as a Christian that the, there was this chant going out of, of such bitter angerness and resentment, and just yeah, you know, it was it was hard to be there and 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 sort of. Um, be in solidarity with what they would think is that 's not my desire at all is to, to to bag the government and to sort of you know tear down and I think that in that little act I felt so much of this struggle that we 're in this, this and the anxiety of life here on earth there are anxieties aren 't there there are things we ha- have happened to us just to, at being a human being the the sickness the the financial problems the the conflicts or whatever it is just being a human being we have anxieties don't we we have fears we have worries we have things that just being a human being living on earth cause us grief or anger and then just imagine if that happened to us as a church fellowship here we are we, we just sort of going about our daily business and there's things that anger certain people. I tell you what, let's just start some sort of chant, beep Andy, beep Andy, you know, and there's this anger. You know? And I think ultimately that anger that's there is so symbolic of what the devil feels towards God. That's how the devil has always felt about this. this he wanted to be greater than God. He wanted to be absolutely in charge. And God showed his power and, and, you know, he's in our midst all the time. And instead of seeing the, the, the peace of God from heaven flowing here on earth, we constantly have the devil basically saying to us, beat God, beat that other person. You know, don't show them any sort of respect. They don't deserve that. God doesn't deserve that. And somehow we can sort of feel in our interactions with each other that somehow that's, that's a justifiable um, alternative to praying for someone. You know, human beings in all our flawed, you know, we're so flawed, and sometimes that's the thing that the devil wants us to focus on rather than this beautiful bunch of people that God's got together to bless. And, and the Spirit of God just wants to flow. But the devil's always there trying to stop the flow of God, trying to stop us focusing on God and worshipping God. And I think no more. Do we see that then the light in the Bible, as is, is these men and women try and focus on God and try and see the, de- you know, the, the Lord's will done on earth, the devil's always there to sort of point the finger and say, "Oh, why would, you, why would you do anything for these people?" Yet with God there, there's always this will of God being done, constantly being done on earth, and that's why prayer is so important, because that is what we have. As God's people, we have this incredible access to our Father in heaven through the Spirit of God living in us, through the death of Jesus. There's this incredible access access to God and that is why I value prayer so much. It's because of my own understanding of what prayer is. The fact is, as I understand prayer more, I, I find myself sometimes wishing that life was a little less busy so I could just spend time in prayer because it is, it is one of the most beautiful opportunities to, to, to just experience the presence of God in, in the same way that worship is in the same way that so many are reading our Bible prayer can be this beautiful fellowship with a god who is in control of heaven and earth and longs to just show his you know his lordship he, he longs to just to have us trust him rather than have the devil there trying to sow doubts and trying to you know trying to stop us seeing how powerful and mighty God is. Our heart's cry of oh God here is God's people should be James five sixteen, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Don't we want that? Don't we want to be powerful and effective in our prayer life? Don't we know as the people of God there's situations we see around us that we just long for God's power to break through. We long to be able to pray for somebody and they're well. And certainly this weekend there's, we constantly hear situations that just break our hearts and we just think, no, not that person, Lord, we love that person. Just somehow, your, may, may your power break through in their lives. May this prayer that I'm praying finally be effective rather than this ineffectiveness that we see. We, we long for that, don't we? Am I alone or do we really long for that powerful, effective prayer that we read about? And one of the greatest joys I have, as I say, is just having fellowship with my heavenly Father. Actually, there is in heaven and I get to be with my Father in heaven through prayer. It's beautiful and it's biblical. You know, a huge motivation comes from the book of Revelation where John is just in the spirit, he's praying and then he has this incredible, his eyes are open to see that it's not you know, heaven's not far off. Heaven is this extra dimension around him. One of my just formative verse for me for prayer is Revelation 5 8 where Jesus, the slain Lamb of God, takes the scroll from the Father and as he does that, The angels and everyone just fall down and it says in Revelation 5.8, when he'd taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp and this bit here, they were holding golden bowls full of incense which are the prayers of God's people. I've got that, sorry, I should point it that way. There it is there, the... The bowls full of incense are the prayers of God's people. And that verse, when I really felt, you know, I was in a time of prayer and when I really understood that, I thought, you know what? Right now, my prayers, I'm God's person, I'm God, you know, we are God's people. Our prayers are an incense, a sweet smelling incense right now in the throne of God, right now. Now, not just back then, but what if... Right now, as God's people say, you are you know, our Father in heaven. Holy, hallowed is your name. Your will be done on earth right now. What if those prayers are so valuable to God right now in our world? And as I looked at the Bible, I thought, you know, there are other examples right there of this This sense as God's people we have this this access, this this. Ability to be here on earth and yet at the same time before our Father in heaven. Ephesians 3.12, in Christ and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. That sounds to me like God saying, come and approach me. Come and talk to me. In the next one, Hebrews 4.16, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence Not backing off, not sort of, but actually boldly it says in some version. Let's boldly approach the throne of God so that we may receive mercy. Mercy. Have you done the wrong thing? Have you done something? As as, um, Graham prayed this morning, you've done something this week that you just wish you hadn't done. You can approach the throne of God with mercy now, not put it off, and find a grace. Find the strength that you need. We can do that. Who's starting to value prayer a little bit more? I think it's so important to value prayer, but it doesn't always mean that we pray. And that's what I've found as a pastor and just as one of God's people for many years. We can highly value prayer, but we don't necessarily go the next step and pray. Now, I love that this church is is more prayerful than many churches I've been part of. I, I praise God for that. You have no idea how much I value the prayer times here. But I hope as we really understand prayer more and more that we will just not value it, but be a practising church, a church that just realises that, that prayer is so important for what God wants to do next in our world, in, in Blackheath, in our lives, in, you know, in, in the country. That God is longing to do something fresh and new always because that's the sort of God he is, to always wants to show his goodness and blessing to us first but to overflow to a world that I, I believe right now doesn't even realise our country, doesn't even realise how much they need the Lord, doesn't even realise that what they're being sold, this is how you can live, is just so such a poor way to live. Amen. That's, as the people of God, we should be so... In love with the Lord, so just, yes, you know, just receiving so much from God that we want it to overflow to others. I really believe that. And I really believe that some of the prayerfulness in the Bible, we can see that as they're having just fellowship and communion with God, they're longing for it to overflow. And I want to look at a passage today from Matthew 26 where I really believe, you know, Jesus, there he was, he was just. He had a huge, um, huge task in front of him, just like we have as God's people, a huge task to see God's power and goodness flowing in our society, a huge desire that, that God had to, to work through Jesus to actually you know, bless us today. It was, it was a huge time in history and yet it was a time that as I, as I was myself, you know, I sometimes get these... Um, God's got such a huge calling on my life that I I sometimes think, you know, I've I've just got to spend time with the Lord in prayer and as I do that, I find what a bad prayer I am and this was happening last year. I just really felt the Lord calling me to pray and then I remember, you know, just as I started to do that every day, I found I couldn't even pray for an hour. I just got distracted. I just, you know, started just thinking random thoughts or even falling asleep sometimes, hate to admit it, but this one time I literally fell asleep instead of praying. And that's when I was drawn to this verse. And I believe in that incident of me falling asleep, God's shown me you know, answers to how we as God's people can be more effective prayers. So let's have a look at this passage from Matthew twenty-six thirty-six to 41 yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And I've called this sermon Pray And. because I've certainly understood in my desire to be an effective prayer, it's about far more than me just sitting down and praying. It really is an all-encompassing thing, prayer, to really highly value prayer. We need to see pray, see prayer as it's being shown today. You know, in my prayer life I long to be like Jesus when he prays, don't you? To do the will of God. But I end up being like Peter and falling asleep. In this story, Jesus asked three of his closest disciples to keep watch with him as he prayed. Keep watch with me. You know, Jesus needed he needed to have that fellowship with God, that, that strength overflowing from heaven for him to achieve what he needed to achieve. You know, the, the, the crucifixion that was coming, the death that he had to face, he needed the strength of God to do his will and he receives it. And he gets up and he's just there, I can do this. And what does he find? The other three fast asleep. I'd feel discouraged. You know, Jesus constantly, I think, must have thought and it shows in the Bible, doesn't it? Why am I doing this? Why am I dying for this ungrateful lot? This, you know, it's time and time again, you know, what, you know, why do I have to spend time with you? Why do I have to keep on doing this? You know, sometimes anxiety happens when we're trying to, be, you know, trying to be God's people. But thank goodness we can cast it on God. And that's what Jesus is doing here. You know. He's able to do that. He's able to cast his anxieties on the Lord and receive the strength. But can't you relate to Jesus's word when he says the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak? We long to be a pray, prayerful church, but we find that the flesh is weak and we get distracted. You know, I think Jesus is, I know Jesus is talking about far more than the, the disciples falling asleep instead of keeping watch. He's talking about far more than just that night. When they fell asleep, Jesus is saying, "Keep watch, pray, but also keep watch, because there are other things happening, other things that are trying to distract us from doing God's will." You know an hour's prayer feeling like an impossible feat, you know we start out with a desire to pray, longing for this intervention of God in, in our lives and in, in the lives of the world, you know, in the world, but we don't see that. Why don't we naturally pray? Why don't we naturally find ourselves doing this? Well, that's a path i had been on and continue to be on, this, this path that says, Lord, I want to be an effective prayer. I want to break through this. And I long to be in that place Jesus was in, communing with my Father in heaven and seeing the overflow and seeing God's people persevere in prayer. And I think as I tried to do that, this verse 38, stay here. And keep watch with me, caught me. That, that was something I held on to because I want to be someone who's effective in prayer. And I'm going to spend time just, real, I, I really believe as the disciples understood, keep watch in particular, they were able to be so much more effective in prayer. And in fact, I believe that's, that's something for us as God's people to hold on to. This is how we can be effective prayers. Pray and keep watch and I want to take us just back a little bit further to what Jesus sees going on here in the garden. So This is just before they go to the garden. They've had the, the, their last supper meal together and then they're just about to go there. This is what Jesus says to, to Simon or Peter. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. When you've turned back, strengthen your brothers. Peter replied, Lord, I'm ready to go with you to prison and to death. Jesus answers, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. You will deny three times that you know me. There's Peter, he really believes his faith is strong enough to even go to death if that's what's happening. At that time, I really believed he believed it. I really believe Peter felt his faith was that strong. But Jesus here reveals something that I think is profound and I don't think Peter understood it back then. He really was one of those things I think as they look back on Jesus, they they thought there were signs that this was happening and particularly this sort of existence beyond the worldly realm of of a spiritual realm. Jesus talks about Satan, he talks about the devil a presence which is which means harm for us because he wants to sift Peter. He wants to destroy him. You know, Jesus says, This is what's going on behind the scenes. You know, I'm sure the devil says it about us. Sometimes when we fail, when we show anything but faith. What are you bothering with them for, Lord? What do you what do you bother with human beings for? Look what they've done in their lives or or in their families or their communities or let's spread it out the, the the nation, the world, why do you bother with them? Let me have my way with them. And you know, Jesus does back then what he does now what he did back then. I think Satan always tries to get a foothold. Ephesians three. Ephesians four, twenty six to twenty seven. In your anger, do not sin, do not let the sun go down on your anger. Do not let the devil get a foothold. Imagine Jesus there in at the house, you know, they're about to go to Gethsemane, and the devil says, you know, they're gonna deny you, they're gonna they're gonna betray you. You know, imagine if Jesus really thought about it. Yeah, why should I? Why should I suffer for them? You know, but he didn't allow Satan to have the last word. I can imagine Jesus saying something along the lines of, you know, I'm sure he says this about us all the time. Satan, he's mine. She's mine. They're mine. You can't have them back. You can't hurt them. No matter what you, you are trying to tell them, that they're a failure, no matter what you're trying to do and how much you try and kill their faith, I declare over them forever. He is mine. She is mine. You can't have your way in their life. I've chosen them for greatness. There's no plan B. Blackheath Baptist is chosen for greatness. I don't care what you're telling them. They are going to do my will. No matter what you throw at them, they'll, they'll turn back and they will do my will. And I sort of don't know if that resonates with this church or that whatever Satan's been trying to do, we have a God who says, no, they're mine and they will do my will. You know, keep watch. There's other things going on. Doing the will of God involves freeing people. And sometimes as we try and do that, as we try and be a church that's you know, freely and confidently approaching God, sometimes you know, things happen between people and we need to remember, keep watch. Because we're the people of God and we have a great plan. God has a great plan for our church. So we can't just have our minds focused on the the anger. Let's go beyond that to a God who says, do my will, pray to me. And I believe what Peter learnt that night can help us. Pray and keep watch. Pray, please pray. Please delight in your Father in heaven, being in communion with him. But also be aware of what's happening in the world, that the evil one who seeks to get a foothold you know, sure, Peter fell asleep, he failed, you know, he later denies Jesus just like he did but, but then he did come back, as Jesus said, he did come back and we praise God for Peter because through him in particular God works so mightily in our world. And what I love about that particular night was what, what Peter had learnt about that. He really did learn the lesson because it says in 1 Peter 5, 7 and 9, Cast all your anxieties on the Lord because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith because you know the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. Can you hear Peter, first of all, encouraging them to pray, cast all your anxieties on the Lord. There it is. Give God what's burdening you. As a human being living in the world, we will have burdens. Give them to God. He's been there before with countless generations, countless generations of believers. He says, yes, you can do it too. Cast all those anxieties on the Lord. What a friend we have in Jesus. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. What a privilege that we can do that. When, we, when we're burdened by the world, we can still cast those anxieties on the Lord and receive his peace back, receive his joy back. You know, I hope that this morning, if you've come here burdened, that's a word that you can hold on to. God said I could do that. I can cast my anxieties on him. I can pray that he takes these burdens from me. Just like Jesus did in the garden. Just casting his anxieties and receiving the strength back to do God's will. But Peter knows, Peter has learnt that as you're trying to be godly people, there's other things going on and you need to keep watch. Be alert and of sober mind, he says. Be alert and of sober mind. There are the exact words that Jesus has used when he talks in the garden of keeping watch staying awake. Keep watch. Be alert. Keep watch. Try and understand what's going on around you and don't fall asleep. Continually keep doing it. Peter tells us the devil, Satan, is on the prowl just like he was that night. Remember when Jesus beforehand said the devil's trying to sift you. The devil's around Peter. So just keep watch. And Peter's learnt it too. The devil's around, so be alert, keep watch. Pray and also be alert. He still wants to do what he did to Peter. He wants to sift us. He doesn't want us understanding who we are, that authority that we've been given in Jesus' name. As we pray in Jesus' name, that authority can make our prayers effective. Satan doesn't want us to do that. Peter says just like Jesus was able to do, resist the devil. Resist him. Don't listen to the lies he tries to tell us. Don't, don't listen to, to that, the, the way he, he tries to keep us focused on the here and now and the dynamics. Get, go bigger than that. Resist that urge. No, don't let him get a foothold. Resist that. You know, it, it says in Revelation 12, 10, Satan is the accuser of the brothers and sisters of the faith. And doesn't he try and do that with us? Try and get us to get all... all, And I I like that, you know, the fruitfulness that you spoke about. Fruitfulness. You know, the Lord would have us having the fruit of the Spirit popping up everywhere. The devil would have us sticking, you know, clinging to the things of the flesh, the, 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 the bagging, the gossip, putting people down, you know, just doing things to satisfy ourselves and feel good. You know, that's what the devil wants. He doesn't want us. To, he doesn't want love, joy, peace, patience being evident, you know. And so we've got to resist him. We've got to keep watch. And when things, are, you know, when, when we do find ourselves in situations, when, we, when we're tempted we, we, or we almost justify why we should be able to do that, you know, put someone else down, resist him, Resist the devil. He God knows what you're going through. God knows He's gotten every so many other people through the same thing. We just gotta resist these everyday, you know, justifying why we do stuff. And just resist the devil. Peter says that all of God's people are in the same boat. Don't you love that part there? The whole world, people all over the world, believers all over the world are going through the same sort of suffering. You know, these these everyday sort of just things you know every believer has the same struggle we all have to resist not to be able to justify ourselves we all have to do that you now you're not the only one but God has made a way for me and for you and every believer not to make that that thing the you know, the anger the final solution Peter declares we can end up helping God's kingdom spread on earth by praying, keeping watch, staying awake. And I love the last one, standing firm. Standing firm. How are you going, William? Good to see you, mate. You know, what happened in Peter's life, in, in that, in that his own sort of situation at Gethsemane, allowed him to get a great insight into the way God. God will continue to work. Prayer is there for us to be able to stand firm, to resist what the devil's still trying to do. How many of us promise God one thing on Sunday? You know, you may even feel it today. You know, God, I'll live for you. I'll pray more. I'm not going to do that thing again. And we mean it. We so mean it. But then life happens. You know, Monday to Friday and we just find ourselves forgetting the conviction we had on Sunday, forgetting the promises we made. Just like Newtown is. <laughs> and, and the result is that prayer on Sunday never felt effective. You know, it, it never was effective. It somehow was stolen from us. You know, if, if Satan can find any way of being effective, he'll look, he's, he's very cunning like that. It's not always the overt way he attacks. Sometimes it is just you... you Someone says something to you and you take it wrong. It's things like that. Satan's just looking for a foothold. Could it be the secret to powerful and effective prayer is just that. Pray, keep watch, stay awake and stand firm. You know, I have to eat humble pie so much when 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 Melissa and I are, are, are sort of praying more. Melissa will quite often say to me, do you think the devil's sort of, you know, you know, when we're fighting more, or you know, the kids are annoying us more. Do you think the devil's in that? No, surely not. I wouldn't let you know, and have to eat humble pie. and say, you know what? She's probably right. As I'm trying to be more godly, I'm trying to be more effective in my prayer life. Trying to be more powerful in my prayer life. Why wouldn't Satan? Why wouldn't Satan try to be, you know, just sort of distracting me? Oh boy! I'll stand firm. I'll keep watch. Now, the last passage I want to share is Paul's letter to the Ephesians. In Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Because Paul also talks about the devil, doesn't he? Paul also says that behind many of the struggles in life, there's the devil. He likens it to a, to, to a war we wage against the devil's attacks. And just as Peter declared in his letter, Paul also declares the same thing stand firm and be alert. Ephesians 6 10 to 18. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armour of God so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Therefore, put on the full armour of God so when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth around your waist. It says later, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert. And always keep on praying for the Lord's people. See the pattern. It's not just about us finding the time to pray. It's it's an intentional prayer that is is a lifelong. It, it, it permeates life. It's not just the sitting down before God. It's keeping watch. It's being alert and standing firm. Paul's summary is say is is Peter's summary, isn't it? Stand firm. Pray. Keep watch. Stand, stay awake, stand firm and in that way we're being strong in the Lord. Why well, don't you take a seat, William? I'd love you to sit down and take a seat, mate. Yeah. I'll talk to you later, mate. Yeah. 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 Okay, mate. Yep, I'll just finish this and we'll talk, yeah? Yeah. How do we resist the devil and stand firm in our faith? We are strong in the Lord. I just want to sort of finish by, I really believe the Christian faith is practical in this way. And I, I thought Daniel may have been here today. Daniel's a big fit guy, isn't he? And, and I, I, I would imagine with Daniel, you know, he spends a lot of time doing that. Elton John. <laughs> if we want to be physically fit, we need to train to build up our strength, don't we? Imagine you, haven't, you have spent a lot of years not exercising. You decide you want to get fit. You just decide, you know what, I'm going to get fit. You commit to exercising every day for an hour and you mean it. You really mean you want to get fit. However, once you start, you give up exhausted after five minutes. You feel discouraged, don't you? You you sort of think, I really wanted to, to exercise for an hour. I couldn't even manage five minutes. You're going to succeed by building up strength. And when that happens, eventually you'll be able to exercise for an hour, but you need to build up. And as you do that, as you persevere with the exercise, surely you're going to be able to see results that being physically fit will have an overflow. And I think it's exactly the same with prayer. It's not just about going from not praying to being praying, praying powerfully and effectively. And I think it happens, doesn't it? Many of us want to pray more. We want to be able to be prayer warriors. But we find too often we can't give the Lord five minutes. We fall asleep. We, 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 we don't have that effectiveness. And I believe it's exactly the same as it is with physical exercise. Spirit, prayer is a spiritual exercise that we have to develop, I believe, spiritual muscles that somehow as we spend time persevering in prayer... We will find that we will become spiritually stronger. Strong in the Lord, Paul says, doesn't he? Be strong in the Lord. And that happens through just his regular perseverance with him, resisting the evil one and just persevering with God in prayer. And it's at those times when we do realize, as we are trying to pray more, that we have to be on the alert for what, what this, the evil one's doing. I just want to say two more things. I really believe the Lord gave me personal insight as I try and persevere with exercise to achieve the big things I've got planned for me in the John Muir trial that's that far more than just getting my body fit. There's other things that have to happen. Imagine that you wanted to just change, you, know, you, you want to exercise more but you don't change in a sense, the sense that the diet you don't change your diet. You, you, you're spending so much time exercising but, but just eating things that, that just counteract the good exercise you're doing. And sometimes it's the same as God's people. We, we want to pray more but it's what we feed ourselves with. It's, it's, a, it's a full package prayer that it, we're going to be more effective if we're careful what we, you know, what we spend our time feeding ourselves with. It's true, isn't it, that, that we can't just be effective prayers and then expect to live a life that's just completely contrary to the faith we profess. And so that's the second thing to be aware of. Not only can exercise be, you know, prayer be something we build up, but just be really careful what we, how we're spending, you know, what we're feeding ourselves with. And the last one is something I think that we all know and we can all relate to. Physical exercise, one of the hardest things to do is keep, Persevering, keep going, just keep doing it. Just you know go stronger and stronger. In the mind the mind tells us to stop. You know, and I think that's so true of prayer too, that it's 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 not just you know about us spending time in prayer and, and watching what we you know, how we're feeding ourselves, but also it's a mind thing too. You know, Paul says in two Corinthians ten five, take every thought captive to make it obedient to Christ. Including those times, particularly when we're praying, you know, that they can come to us. Oh, is this a waste of time? Is, is anything happening? You know, we, we can somehow our mind stops us from going forward, and we just give up. Oh, you know, what's the point? My prayers don't seem to be changing anything. So it's not just the prayerfulness and not what we eat, but this this desire. No, you know what? I'm going to persevere. I'm going to. My faith is going to be bigger than my doubt faith will be and I will keep persevering and I believe as a church as we continue to do that committing to pray that our prayers could be more powerful and more effective than we can even imagine as we commit to being a prayerful church we say we not only value prayer we we pray and we understand that it's about so much more than just praying that there's a desire to keep alert, be, be mindful of what's happening elsewhere. You know, God, Satan's still at work, but God is bigger and God can allow us to be powerful and effective prayers. Don't feed ourselves with things that cancel out our effectiveness and don't allow our minds, you know, to shape what's happening there. You know, we're people who walk by faith, not by sight. Trusting the Lord with all our heart, not leaning on our own understanding, believe that he, he does have a rich calling for this church, a powerful calling. You know, I found out as I've prepared this series, it was quite quite exciting, really. I I had the nine values of the church, and and I found myself trying to fit things in, and the way I sort of had to to swap the order, that prayer was actually the second. Um, most valued after the word of God and I sort of found it as I was sort of having to shuffle things around that the order in which I was placing the, the core values was, was actually quite profound so a couple of weeks ago Helen and the team from Newtown came here and that happened to be the week where we were you know we said we value creativity in preaching and worship and that fitted in really well you know I really believe the Lord sort of allowed us to really value that by having Helen come here. And then last week it was a safe place for all, we declared. And then we had um, Scott Higgins come and was, was telling us about, you know, it's not just a safe place for some with God. You know, God wants everybody to have a safe place. And I thought that was really profound. Next week, uh, Lil's preaching on the Holy Spirit and, and that just happened to coincide with, with Pentecost. I had not actually, I, please believe I hadn't, planned all this but the prayer one really excites me and that is because next saturday night i've been asked to go down and 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 um and open up the second um enormous prayer meeting it it happened as i sort of said here's andy last year feeling convicted to pray just i felt god wanted me to pray more i hadn't really realized why just persevered and then the lord made a way for for where I was then at Newtown Mission, for people all over Sydney to come. And, and it was an unprecedented event last year. It was a long time since people from every, almost every denomination and every part of Sydney had gotten together and just prayed on Pentecost Eve for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And that's happening next week. And they've, they've told me, they, they've really felt that the Lord has said that they wanted me to open that meeting. Me, you know, it's just like... Oh, you know, Lord, I, I just wanted to pray, just spend more time with you and, and I believe as that's happened, the Lord is just opening doors for me to be here. And, and interestingly, one of the, the words that was spoken last year really surprised me. In hindsight, I hadn't even realised it until the, the people uh, who organised the event realised that I'd come up to Blackheath. They said there was, a, there was some sort of, there was a prayer or word that out of the mountains would flow living water. It was almost like a, a prophetic word that, 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 that this year, you know, I'm, I'm up in the mountains and I'm coming down there and, and, and I, I could just imagine, you know, just what God could do. I, I believe the Holy Spirit, you know, when Jesus talked about the Holy Spirit, he talked about living water. He, he described the Holy Spirit as living water. Living water flows and it flows downhill you know, where I'm going in the John Muir Trail is completely covered in snow at the moment and we're going to go in, in summer so there's going to be a lot of snow melted and we'll just see streams full, Just It's going to be incredibly interesting crossing them. But this is the nature of living water. It, it just flows downwards and I really believe there's a, there's a timeliness to that too. That the way I believe God is saying to us Are you prepared to take this on? Do you value prayer that much that you would just pray, be alert, keep watch, stand firm and what God does here, he may long for it to be, to overflow down the mountain. I'm excited about it. My my mind's blown with what God could do because he longs, the spirit of God longs to flow and I just encourage us as, as a church not just to be prayerful just if the Lord sort of as I've spoken, you really feel like something. you've been convicted on something, don't don't resist the spirit of God. if you feel as I've spoken that there are things that you know, you think well, if, if I'm really honest, you know Satan has got a foothold there you know he, he has actually stopped me praying. he has actually stopped me keeping my eyes on God, and I don't want that. Because what happens there, as, as we, the people of God and the Spirit longs to flow, it, has to, it stops. You know, not, 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 not in the Spirit, but you know, the flow stops as the, as the Holy Spirit can't move. And as God's people, we, we have to you know, allow the Spirit of God to bind us together, not, not have the Spirit of God stopping. So I just want to pray as we go forward as a church that we would, if that's what God is trying to do, convict us. As God's people, you're sure there have been things happen in our lives that we can justify why we're angry. We can justify why we're not you know, happy and, and trusting God. But then God says to us this morning, you know, resist that urge to just justify why you're doing it. Do not sin. Be angry, but do not sin. Don't let the devil get a foothold. Because I believe God does have some some beautiful plans for this church. Let me just pray for us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, first of all, that we have the, the sheer privilege of freely and confidently approaching you This is indeed holy ground, Lord God, and we thank you for the precious blood of Jesus that allows us to freely and confidently approach you. And Lord, we just want to say, we just want to apologise, Lord, say sorry for those times when, when instead of allowing your spirit to convict us and and your longing Holy Spirit to produce fruit of righteousness in our lives. Instead, we've held on to things, Lord, and it's almost like a callous, a hardening, Lord God. Lord, you've seen that, and I thank you for your promise in in, in your word that you can give us a new heart. Replace that heart of stone with a heart of flesh. I pray, Lord, for, for all any anxieties that are, are rising up in people. You see them, Lord, because indeed we are before you right now. You see them, and I pray that if people just feel like there's something there, it's just it's sitting there like a um like a or something hard. That they can just almost like a, just like a stone just cast it on you, Lord. Just, just give it to you and, and, and just that rock, this, this hard thing as, as that's just cast on, Lord. Holy Spirit, I pray you would flow. I pray you would flow and they would sense right now that peace of God that transcends all understanding, that joy of the Lord that can be theirs. And Lord, I pray as your people, we, we would just be mindful of when the evil one is trying to stop us focusing our attention, our our, our prayerfulness, fo- focusing on prayerfulness. I pray, Lord, that we would be a church that, that, that values prayer and can also keep watch, be alert, stay awake and more importantly, stand firm. And Lord, indeed, if that's your will, your desire to, to overflow from this place, to, to just being poured out, on the people of Sydney and beyond, Lord. God, we, we just thank you for that calling and, and we just pray, Lord, for, for the eyes like Jesus had, eyes that see, eyes, eyes that aren't completely overwhelmed but, but can just um, trust that this will, your will is so perfect and that we do indeed see the will of God to see every single person know you so personally and intimately Lord but every single person so Lord we just pray in Jesus name that authority that is given to us in Jesus name we pray Lord for you to be glorified Lord Jesus start with us